Video cameras are everywhere. Now the intelligence community seeks better ways to use the data they produce. It looks to the Intelligence Advanced Research Projects Activity, or IARPA, to find companies that can help collect data from large camera networks. For what this project is all about, Program Manager Lars Erickson. Mr. Erickson, good to have you on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Tell us what the basic purpose of this project is. Well, IARPA is interested in information on who has experience conducting camera network data collections for research purposes. Um, let me expand on that a little bit. Um, over the last five years, there's been significant advances in the underlying computer science in the field of computer vision. Uh, in the case of this uh, request for information, or also known as a, an RFI, it's often called, uh, the computer vision application that we're interested in is about tracking and re-identification of persons in security camera networks. So in other words, it's trying to answer questions such as, where in the camera network is this person traveling? or perhaps where in the camera network have we seen this person before? And these are important questions that investigators or security officials might ask when they're trying to reconstruct a crime scene, for example, after an event has occurred, or when they're protecting the perimeter of a, of a secure facility. Um, however, the issue is that the primary data sets that are out there and available to the research community for developing and evaluating these algorithms they just don't quite mimic real-world conditions. Now, uh, it's important, don't get me wrong, these data sets are, they're valuable resources to the researchers. Um, plus, they're much more robust than what existed 10 years ago. Those, um, those teams really should be commended on their efforts in creating these, these data sets for the research community. But there's still, there's still a disconnect. These academic uh, video research data sets, they're usually collected in more open, controlled environments like university campuses. Uh, they often involve high-resolution cameras. Uh, they have medium or low person counts, and they don't have distractions like vehicles, loitering people, and street obstructions. So if an operational agency like those that, that IARPA supports are to rely on these capabilities, they need to know that they can perform accurately and almost more importantly with low false alarms in these messy, uncontrolled environments that that one encounters in the real world. Sure. So, so this RFI ultimately, you know, the intent is to is has been released to determine whether such a robust data collection could be undertaken. And of course, it's important to be mindful of not just the technical requirements, but also the logistical, the legal, privacy, and, and civil liberty considerations that need to be followed. So I'm trying to answer the question of, are there organizations with the right mix of previous experience and expertise that are needed to be successful for this kind of data collection? And when you talk about camera networks, they could have a large number of cameras in a small area, but could it also include cameras widely geographically dispersed so that someone could show up on the Upper West Side and turn up in a camera on the Lower East Side, and you'd need to know that's the same person. Yes, true. That's that's a possible uh, possible scenario, and that just makes the situation or the the application that much more messy and complicated to try and get right. Plus, as you mentioned, real world camera, and you see like on news broadcasts, they'll show video surveillance film of people that robbed a house or stole a car. And sometimes the angles are looking down on the top of their nose or they're at the side and the lighting is odd. And you're saying that often the research data doesn't match those real world difficulties 
that would fool a facial recognition algorithm. That's correct. That's true. Those are, those are tough situations to try and emulate in research data. So we're trying to explore whether it's feasible to capture something that more uh, accurately simulates those, those real-world conditions. We're speaking with Lars Erickson. He's a program manager at IARPA. And are you primarily needing data collection in IP networks? Or I guess there's still some analog networks out there. Are they, can they be part of this with the NTSC type of signal? They could be part of that. Uh, we're going to be considering, uh, we would consider all types of different cameras. Um, I think it's important to, to maybe uh, take a moment to clarify something, that the, the RFI is not, we're not seeking copies of video research data. I think that that can be a misconception that some folks have, have gotten from just skimming over the RFI. Of course, there's, there's legal and ethical and, and privacy restrictions that would prevent IARPA from just obtaining copies of, of various organizations' video data. Uh, you know, this RFI is really about focused on the capabilities of those organizations that, that collected that data. But, but having said that, kind of going back to your question, certainly if IARPA was to sponsor a data collection of this, of this type, uh, you know, all manner of cameras would be would be considered both IP cameras and analog cameras. Yeah, so the the expertise can cross those technical domains. In other words, correct. Yes, because those are what the kind of cameras that would be that are that are out there uh, in, in, out there in the real world. How will you eventually bridge this idea of recognition or computer vision? to what is produced by camera networks, because there are really two ways of looking at the data. One, as it displays on a monitor, and then the data structures without even the need for a monitor, the uh, MPEG or whatever the format might be. So are you looking eventually down the line to apply the computer vision algorithms to pictures or to data sets? Well, that's an interesting question. I mean, ultimately, this uh, RFI is focused on the computer algorithm side of, of, of the application that would augment and assist any human operators that would be viewing these, these um, video displays. Uh, you're, you're kind of speaking to kind of the concept of computer vision in general and, and, and that field of of science, and perhaps for those unfamiliar with with that uh, that area, computer vision is really about the sensors and algorithms that allow a computer to interpret that visual world. You know, about translating the pixels of a of either a still image or a moving video into those numerical models that that a computer can actually translate and make uh, certain predefined decisions on. Um, a good example, I think, a simple one of that of that underlying technology that allows a camera, for example, on a smartphone to translate those QR codes, those uh, square barcodes that sure. you see in signs or magazines or product packaging. I mean, how does the camera and the cell phone know that that barcode means it's going to take you to a, a web page, a URL? Well, that's about computer vision. It's, it's capturing that gridded square and converting those pixel values and then software that's been um, trained or coded to know that that shape means to turn that into URL text. And all that's kind of a, sim one, a simple example, but of computer vision, interpreting the visual world. And there's other more complex examples. You've touched on a couple of them, uh, such as face recognition, uh, but also the visual systems that are being explored for like self-driving cars, or even in kind of the the entertainment space, like on Xbox Connect sensor. Those are kind of all under the umbrella of of computer vision. So you're really working at the edge of computer vision because in, say, industrial applications for many years, computer 
vision has just involved something as low level as a camera pointed at a strip of electronic components coming into a wave solderer, and it could tell if that's a resistor or a capacitor and where it goes on the board. But you're talking about something much more subtle, really. Right, much more subtle and much more complex, and that is kind of um, on the the kind of the edge of the state of the art of of, of pattern recognition and computer vision uh, research. So getting back to the RFI itself, you're looking for companies that have experience in gathering the data from not the data itself, but in how they collect the data. And how does that affect the down the line ability to to analyze it at some point? Well, that's a that's a good question. I mean, to address the first comment, yes, that's correct. That's the focus is on the organizations who have that expertise and, and ultimately, is it feasible from all those different factors that I mentioned, legal, uh, privacy, logistical, and technical, to be able to capture this kind of data set? Um, but to follow on your second question, another way of maybe rephrasing that that some folks might ask is, why can't the research community just use what's out there already? Um, and that's a good question to ask, and I, and I think there's two reasons, and they're, they're interconnected. And the first is that it's critical that the data used to evaluate performance of these algorithms as closely simulates the real-world conditions. Um, historically, earlier generations of such capabilities that have come out of the research community have typically suffered from way too high false alarm rates. I mean, they, they would flag what the computer thought was an instance or a tracking, but it was an incorrect uh, decision. It was a false alarm. So these systems would perform well in controlled or limited laboratory environments, but then when they were tested in the real world under pilot studies or, or test and evaluation efforts, they would effectively be unusable because of the false alarms. There'd be too many of them or, or missed real instances of, of events. So the problem there is that the tools and data uh, for evaluating these prototypes didn't match up against the, the confusing, messy real world that we live in and that these cameras are deployed in. Um, so having better evaluating data and protocols allows researchers to explore and, and, and really iterate on the possible research directions. They can understand those error conditions better. Uh, now, I mentioned there were two reasons, and the second one is a lack of research training data. So modern computer vision algorithms almost entirely utilize this uh, subfield of computer science uh, that involves deep neural network architectures. So in general, the more data that captures these real conditions and these distractors that's available to, to train the better performing algorithms, um, uh, they're better, they can train them to be better algorithms. So they're taught what is a legitimate signal, what's a real thing that needs to be um, uh, tracked or identified in a scene, and what is not. And without that research data to really represent all the very kind of varied and robust and challenging conditions, it's, it makes the researcher's job that much more difficult to develop you know, these advanced algorithms. So, so kind of to summarize that, this more robust video data collection would aid both in advancing the research performance capabilities and improving the user's ability to characterize and understand how those are actually going to perform. Lars Erickson is a project manager at the Intelligence Advanced Research Projects Activity. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. We'll post a link to more information and to this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Listen to the Federal Drive on demand by subscribing at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. This episode is brought to you by Zell. 
Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. As fall fills up with activities and obligations, even a small time saver can feel like a big help. Grammarly is an all-in-one writing tool that makes clear, concise communication easier than ever, so you can finish your work earlier and head off to family dinners, social events, and fall weddings. Grammarly is free to download and works where you do, so every project gets finished quicker. Make sure your writing is free of mistakes with Grammarly's free, comprehensive writing suggestions and get an instant take on how your message comes across with the free tone detector. Let Grammarly Premium's sentence clarity rewrites help you find the perfect words on the first try. You'll be confident writing client emails, deadline-driven reports, and presentations without staying late at the office. Get more time back in your day by writing with Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcasts to sign up for a free account. Then get 20% off when you're ready to upgrade to Grammarly Premium. That's Grammarly.com slash podcasts.